Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Everyone has their own definition of financial freedom, but regardless of how you define it, most of us don't know exactly how or when we'll get there. I was lucky enough to sit down with Jeremy Newsom, author, advisor, and investing guru to discuss the basics of financial literacy and investing. Growing up poor, the thought of never having to worry about money was appealing to Jeremy, and he began investing at a young age. In fact, he convinced his dad to match his investment deposit for Apple stock back in 1995, which would be worth $14 million today. His passion for helping others enrich their lives and gain financial independence led him to founding Real Life Trading in 2014, which has grown to a seven-figure business. In this episode, Jeremy discusses how growing up poor shaped his love of business, how he helps others achieve their financial goals, and the big plans he has for his business in the future. If you'd like to speak with Jeremy about anything we discussed in the episode, please see the show notes for his contact information or check out reallifetrading.com and jeremynewsome.com. If you have any questions about this interview or topic for a future podcast, I'd love to hear from you. Please send me an email at podcasts at oriontalent.com. Hi, Jeremy. Welcome to the show. Hello, champion. How are you? I'm good. You have such a great energy. I can already tell you're going to be oh, a good interview. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I'm really excited about this. I am too. So I can see you right now. Our listeners cannot. So do you just want to go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself so that they can become familiar with you before we jump into the conversation? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I guess the best way to kind of give a glossing overview, I was raised in a cult, which I escaped at the age of 24. I grew up in a single wide trailer treehouse. Uh, I became a liquid millionaire by the age of 27. I lost it all three separate times in three separate crazy tragic incidences. And now I currently teach current former military and current and former world leaders on how to invest in the stock market and use it to become a better force for good in the world. That is quite the overview. I have so many <laughs> things that I want to dig into here. So. I'm trying to think what would be appropriate to ask. So without putting you on the spot, it's all um, good. so obviously the cult thing grabbed my attention, but I'm, that might be too far off the path of where we're going, but yeah. um, I'm interested. You said that you, did you say you lost your money three separate times or can you tell me a little bit more about what you mean by that? And yeah. in as much detail, you said tragic. So in as much detail as you're comfortable. Hey, no worries. And thanks for the, thanks for asking. I mean, essentially the story, I have a weird life story. It's fun though. It's really cool. Um, if anyone has capabilities of listening to YouTube, they type in my name, Jeremy Newsom. So my first name is spelled with two R's actually. I know yours is a little different as well. Mm -hmm. um, but my dad, my dad's name was Jerry. So it stands for Jerry and me, Jeremy. That's how, that was my mom's gift. Thanks mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I grew up in a, about 30 minutes south where they filmed the movie Deliverance. And uh, so not not super, super abundantly rich type of area. And the money that I ended up losing was my dad's retirement money. Because at the age of 19, I started really diving into the stock market pretty aggressively. I was working at a company called Nationwide Insurance. And Nationwide Insurance was a great place to work. Loved it. They gave a 401k benefit plan. And I learned something about something called self-directed 401ks, self-directed IRAs. Those are still available today. But it's essentially where you can trade in an employee benefit plan 
and you can take advantage of the moves of the market. So what I did is I, I opened up a Google browser or AOL, whatever was available at the time. <laughs> I typed in, uh, I typed in which silver stock to buy because I heard about, uh, I heard about silver going up on the news. I was like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm gonna buy that. There was a company called first majestic silver still around today. Actually, that was the first stock that came up in this search. It was ticker symbol AG and they were trading at around $9 a share at the time. And I bought a thousand shares. So that's all I had in my, my 401k, by the way, I had like 9,000 and some change. So I bought a thousand shares worth and it went up to 12. I sold it and I made $3,000 in a few days. Now here's the crazy part is that was more than I made in a month at work. So that started this huge, like, oh my gosh, I'm a genius mentality because I was going to school um, to study finance and my dad was all proud of me, right? I was one of the first kids to, you know, go to college and he started, he was like, Hey man, here's my retirement money. Like do something great with it. And then I took his money and started growing his money pretty exponentially, making about 30% return a month on his account. Uh, he gave me about $103,816. Um, to, to invest with. And obviously, as you guys all know, I ended up eventually losing it um, and had to get it all back. And it was a fun and crazy, insane journey, but that was, that was one of the times. <laughs> yeah. So that's interesting. Um, what year, like, I guess what time frame was this? Like, was there a big stock market crash that caused you to lose it? Was it silver or what you were investing in or what, kind of what was the catalyst for why it all came crashing down? Yep, it was. It was the silver bubble of 2011. So. Uh yeah, silver bubble. So I, I was making a bunch of money in 2010, 2011, having a blast. And I just was trading instruments that I knew and understood, which is stock. I know how stock works. I get it. Like if you buy a stock, it goes up. But I started in diving into something I didn't fully understand, which are called options. Now, fast forward, you know, 11 years. Now I'm what you would, I guess, refer to as a professional or an expert trader in options. I'm, I'm very, very familiar with them. But at the time I wasn't. So I was taking all of our accounts and putting it into option trades. I did not know anything about totally the dynamics of them. So an option trade, uh, Megan, is an insurance contract that eventually goes to zero. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I, knew they, I knew they went up a lot and then they went down a lot, but I didn't know that they could go to zero. So I bought a bunch of them and they, they went to zero and I lost everything. It really sucked. Well, that didn't scare you away from the stock market, though, because I know that you still are kind of, well, you'll tell us a lot about your business. But um, so it's interesting that you had such a bad experience, but then you, I guess, continued to maybe educate yourself, learn a bit more and figure out how to maybe be a little bit smarter about it. So I'm very interested to hear about that. But I know you're very business minded and I can tell that you're super smart and I'm not surprised that you've been successful, but I thought was interesting in your bio. I saw that you said that the movie Forrest Gump inspired your love for business. So I'm curious to hear about that, um, what it was about that movie and um, yeah, just to hear a little bit more about that and why that inspired you. You're so cool. Um, I will, you know, so Forrest Gump, Forrest Gump grew up poor and he was always a little bit weird. So was I, <laughs> I've always been, <laughs> I've always been a tad strange and I had this connection to a part of the movie about 78% of the way through the film. Forrest Gump says that 
he takes his Bubba Gump shrimp money, which was a business that he started in the movie, which was actually a book. Forrest Gump was originally a book first. Fun fact. It's a really good book, too, if anyone's ever read it. If you haven't, it's I loved it. And he says that he takes his Bubba Gump shrimp money and invests it into a fruit company. And now he no longer has to worry about money anymore. When I heard that, Megan, for the very first time, I was six. And I had never heard the words, we don't have to worry about money anymore. Like, that, that was a crazy concept to me. Like, that's a paradigm shift. So I asked my dad, what's investing and what's the fruit company? So he tells me about, you know, what investing is. Like, hey, you can buy, you can take your money, you can buy into stocks. And then he tells me what Apple is. That was the fruit company. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the film, he goes on to build churches and schools and hospitals and retires Bubba's mom from the kitchen so she no longer has to work anymore. So he truly uses money to be a true force multiplier, someone who is spreading love, light, and happiness into the world. And that's what I resonated with. That's what I connected with. And I wanted to do that more than anything. I want to, A, no longer worry about money, and B, pour into other people in a huge, impactful way. So I asked my dad all these questions. He told me a lot about the stock market. And we didn't have any money. I begged him. I was like, please, we need to do this. He's like, listen, dude, I don't, we don't have money. Like we can't just go buy shares of Apple. So I said, listen, let, we got to figure something out. He goes, son, if you bring me money, I'll match it dollar for dollar and we'll buy some shares. So I went and picked blackberries door to door and I sold them for a dollar a bag in the summer of 1994 and made 1500 bucks. And my dad eventually matched me. We oh bought, yeah, we bought $3,000 worth of Apple stock in 1994, which is like the lowest Apple's ever been. Um, and yeah, right now those stocks are worth like $33 million approximately. Now, the cool news is I sold them $32.9999 million ago. <laughs> but <laughs> but it, the, the concept is still there. Like that whole process worked. And even though I was poorer than... of people listening to this podcast and I was younger than everyone listening to this podcast. I had no resources, but I had resourcefulness and that's the key for anyone to become successful in life. Um, I'm curious, do you current, do you have kids now? I do. Yeah. I got two kids. And how old are they? So, uh, my son Gabriel is 12 and then my firstborn biological son, his name is Jason and he is seven months old. Okay, I was going to say, I'm wondering when you're going to get them out there selling blackberries and bringing money. <laughs> soon, soon, yeah. That is really, really awesome. That's really cool. I love that story. Thank you. So one thing I saw on your website is that you talk about a money mindset and how fears about money can hold you back. And I think that's probably where most people sit because um, with the stock market, especially what you were just talking about, you know, you're investing, you're up and everyone's excited about that. But then when you lose that money, I think that's what holds people back is that they're afraid about that. So can you talk a little bit more about how you define the money mindset and then kind of how fears about money can hold people back? Ooh, that is heavy, but I I certainly can. I mean, money mindset is about tackling long held beliefs that you've heard probably from other people or that you've read from other sources that you haven't challenged and they are now just in your mind because you have set your beliefs for a long period of time. So changing that, right? Changing that mindset 
is about challenging a belief. So here's a really good example. I know you've heard this term, Megan. Don't put all of your eggs in one basket. It's a great, great one. What if you have a lot of chickens, though? <laughs> right? I mean, if you have if you have yeah. so many chickens, it's like, okay, they make a bunch of eggs today, but they're going to make a lot of eggs tomorrow. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, okay. Well, so what someone says, well, what if all the chickens get eaten and this was the only basket that you had with eggs? We'll build an unbreakable basket so that if you drop it, not one single egg breaks. Then you could put all of your eggs in one basket. It's a mindset challenge. And I actually ended up having, having to write a book about it because you've also heard this term. Money doesn't grow on trees. What am I going to do? I can just go out and pick my money tree and buy the clothes <laughs> that you want. You know, when you're like, whatever, 10 or 12. <laughs> and what's, what's hilarious is that it all comes back to that movie, Forrest Gump, Apple, fruit company, apples literally grow on trees. People pick them, sell them. To, for money. Like, yeah, money actually does legitimately, literally, figuratively, and hypothetically grow on a tree. You have to figure out how to transform and transact the action, the item that's there and provide value through a transaction to someone else. And that then becomes money. In fact, every year during Christmas, most people pay money and bring a tree into their house. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, it's like, what? People pay money for trees. So that's that's a mindset. And it's about learning and just slowly challenging fun-filled, long-held beliefs that we have about money. So I did end up writing a book called Money Grows on Trees, where it goes down all the different fun limiting beliefs that people have about money. And a fear, I think, is that if people get a lot of money, that they will inherently at some point become greedy. And I think it's a very valid fear. This fear, Megan, is very subconscious, meaning it's not something that you would openly think about normally. It's deep, 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 deep down in the brain, the same part of the brain that controls every time you breathe and every time you blink and every time you smile without knowing it. That part of the brain, the brain that keeps homeostasis and keeps your body at 98.6 degrees, that part is where that fear lies. And it's the fear that if I make a bunch of money, someone will ask me for it one day and I'll have to tell them no, and they'll think I'm an a-hole. And if I'm mean to them, then I'm now greedy and I don't want to be labeled like that. So it's easier just not to make the money in the first place. Mm -hmm. So that's a very, very valid fear as it relates to people and, and, mon and money and growth. One of the cool things about the whole money mindset or mindset concept is that you would expect someone who grew up the way that you did to not have a mindset of wanting to make more money because you would have self-limiting beliefs based on what you'd seen around you. So it, it sounds like you did not struggle with that or did you, but maybe it came later down the road because at six, you're probably too young to struggle with that. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's a valid question. I mean, I, I did, I definitely struggled with it, but it was, it was different. Uh, that fear I mean, I still struggle with it every day, right? I don't think anyone ever truly, truly loses that fear, but it's, it was one that I did not have in an early age because I, my belief is that children are born perfect, right? They're just beautiful, glowing white balls of light. And then the imperfections and uh, immaturities and beliefs of the world of humanity slowly filter into their beliefs and their subconscious. And that creates their destiny that creates where they go in life. So that's based on the things they hear and things that they're created. But yeah. When I grew up, I mean, between like what, six and probably 15, I had this really, really amazing, extremely optimistic, 
super zealous viewpoint about money and life. And then I probably carried all the way to 2021 ish until I lost all the money the mm -hmm. first time. And when I lost all the money the first time, that was when I felt that, oh my gosh, me losing money is performing poorly. When I perform poorly, my dad or mom or someone else won't love me. And if they don't love me, then who am I really to them? And that's that cratering. I didn't realize was happening at the time until I zoomed back out and read a bunch of books and went to seminars and went to therapy and just kind of talked to people about how I felt and expressed my emotions verbally. It wasn't until I, then I realized, oh, wait a minute, that was the fear that I had at the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's that makes perfect sense, especially from someone who's coming from such, you know, humble beginnings. It's it makes sense that probably I'm assuming your parents got really excited when you started to experience success and then you start to attach your worth to that. And so I can see how it would create issues where you feel later down the road when you're not succeeding, you're not worth as much to them. It's interesting. And, you know, you've mentioned several times how you lost your money a few times. So now I'm curious. I guess really about the inception of your business. So how did you get to the point that you said, okay, now I've learned enough and I'm going to parlay that into a business or really anything that you want to share about kind of how it got started? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, so when I lost the, when I lost my dad's money and a few friends money and other people's money, um, I was like, oh, I have to get it back. So you talked about like, why'd you quit? I was like, well, I couldn't quit because now I have my reputation on the line. And that, that to me is more of an important asset than money. I just, I was like, well, I can't go, to, I can't lose. Well, sorry, I lost, but I can't fail. Failing is quitting. Losing, okay, I lost. Sorry, guys, but quitting is failing. So I didn't quit. I kept going. I learned and I studied my face off like an absolute madman. Someone who was just feverently and vehemently focused on what I want to do. We're talking 17 hours a day. So if you're like, oh, can you come to the party with me? No. Can you take me on a date? No, absolutely not. Um, everything was no, this is all I did studied. Well, as I was doing that seminars, webinars, books, courses, going into debt, buying this information, a lot of the people were not very good instructors. Fun fact, I like teaching and I wanted to be a history teacher at one point in my life until I realized that they didn't make that much money. So I was like, how can I maybe start teaching some people this information. So at the age of 24, I quit my job at Nationwide Insurance and between 24 and 26, worked a few different jobs at a few different places just to kind of stay on my feet. But those two years, I took the leap of not working a full-time job, not being in corporate America, going out on my own, doing my own thing, learning, 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 learning. And then at the age of 25 and a half, 26, that's when I said, you know what? I'm ready for this. I can do this. Let me go take all the information I've learned from every company. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of hours of books and, and online webinars and teach it for free and teach it better than everyone else. So not only is it free, but it's actually legitimately good, entertaining and exciting. And so that that's what I did. Uh, and I didn't know it was going to become a company. I had no idea. I just thought it was going to be information on YouTube and a website. And I get business. I think most people to an extent get business. It's like create something that thing brings in more money than it costs to make. That's mm -hmm. essentially business. And I think everyone understands that concept. And so I said, okay, well, here's my overhead. If I can spend $4,000 a month and I can make $7,000 a month 
trading, then this will work out. And that's what I did. So when I launched the company, uh, it was amazing for four days. And then I got sued. <laughs> oh, no. uh, so, you know, because again, all the companies were like, wait a minute, you can't give all the information <laughs> away for free. Uh, <laughs> you're you're competing against us lawfully, not lawfully or whatever the term is. And so, yeah, I had to go to court and had to battle all that. And that was a long 18-month process. Um, it cost a lot of money. So that was another <laughs> oh, no. random setback that took over. But again, I know that this information and I knew this information had to go out, had to be taught to everyone. Doesn't matter the age, doesn't matter the religion, doesn't matter where you are in the world. If you have internet, you have income. And that's what I wanted to teach people. I love that. I think that's awesome. So when you launched your business, did you like ever, I guess, see yourself having a team or did you kind of want to continue to do it on your own? And then how's that changed? Do you have a team now or are you still doing it on your own? When I first started, I, I did do a team, very, very small team, two or three people, mostly because the team I started, I was like, wait a minute, I'm really, really, really bad at 44 different things. And I'm good at two. <laughs> uh, I'm good at making people smile and educating. Like that's it. That, that's all the thing, only two things I can do. So everything else, bookkeeping, accounting, if I had to pay somebody, payroll, legal stuff, I hired that out. And I did that for, for a while. And I just worked my absolute face off again for another four or five years. And what happened is just naturally, I think if you spend tons and tons of time and passion on anything, anything, you'll start to make a little bit of a dent in the world. And that's what started to happen. And I started getting um, so popular online in a good way that mm -hmm. I started running out of just bandwidth. I mean, I was working 20 hours a day, eight, seven days a week. And that's not sustainable if you're going to have a family and if you're going to, if you're, I don't know, just have a normal work-life balance. And, uh, I then had to start hiring some people. So I did, and I started hiring and as I started hiring, I started reading a bunch of books and now teaching myself on teams and how to create and who to work with and who to spend time with. And I started hiring the best people in the world. Most of them from our U S military current and former spending time with people who I know are remarkable and people who I worked with in trading and people who I coach with. So long story short, yeah, right now I have a team of about 32 people globally. Um, wow. branches all over the world I have real life trading Australia, real life trading Denmark, real life trading UK, real life trading India. We have uh, offices, branches, and people in every time zone on the planet. Well, that is a huge team, but I'm not surprised because when I was Googling you before this interview to kind of like figure out who is this guy, what am I going to talk to him about? Um, I received your bio and I think it just mentioned real life trading. So I looked about it first, but then I Googled your name. And there's like all these different websites and you're on all of them. I'm like, wow, this guy has his hands in a lot of different things. So it makes sense that you have as big of a team. You mentioned that you started getting really popular online. Um, was there like a specific platform that you like to use that you felt like you were getting the most out of? Yeah, I think YouTube. Uh, that was it. Uh, that's the great equalizer because that's where people go for education. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not specifically what you would call famous on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter really. But YouTube, I am, and uh, I'm a, I don't know, D minus celebrity, <laughs> but <laughs> I can I can go into certain random cities and certain random places, and people will recognize me just because I'm on YouTube a lot, and I do spend time 
pouring a lot of videos and education there because that's where people go to learn. Uh, there's mm -hmm. something called YouTube University, although it's not trademarked, they should take that name. But, but YouTube University is what I think how people should learn 99% of what they need to learn. Uh, like um, if you're going to go to college or you're going to learn to do anything that's not hands-on, so nothing in the medical profession, mm -hmm. but whatever. How do, how do I publish a book? There, boom, type that into YouTube. And yeah. watch those videos. And so that's all I did. Just started making every video that you can imagine about anything stock market related. That's awesome. So like I mentioned, I saw tons of different websites and things mentioning your name. You have a lot of business things going on right now. So can you give us an overview? I know you've mentioned real life trading. Um, just kind of like an overview of your services and what you offer and things like that. Yeah, from real life trading. Absolutely. I mean, so essentially this, this is going to blow your mind, but here we go. Um, so real life trading, we teach anyone how to access any market in the world. So there's many different types of markets. There's a bond market. There's a, what's called a Forex market, which stands for foreign currency, it's the largest market in the world. Um, 2.4 quadrillion dollars going in and out of that every year. Um, stocks and options, futures and commodities in crypto. So any market that can be traded, if it has a chart, it has a heart we will teach people how to actively create cash flow from that. And we do everything from day trading, which is minutes, right? I'm trying to create cash flow daily or weekly. And that cash flow can be any amount of money. It can be $500, $50, $500,000. The market doesn't care. So there's a lot of money to be made in day trading. But then I also talk, talk about something called swing trading. Swing trading is usually weeks to months. So I buy something again on, a, on Friday and I sell it two months from now. Um, that's swing trading. And then I teach long-term investing and uh, long-term investing, like what stocks to buy? When do I sell them? Where do I sell them? How do I protect myself? We even have a, a algorithmic trading system where people can connect their retirement account. And we have one of my, our robots trading it. We offer uh, leveraged, you know, funded accounts. So if someone doesn't have the money to trade, we will even loan them the money to trade with. We, uh, we do everything and it's, it's silly the amount of services that we offer, uh, but that's, you're looking at now seven, eight years of, again, ingenuity and insight and teaming up with people way better than me and every asset possible to help us with our mission, which is to enrich lives. Well, that's interesting because when you talk about all the services you offer and how long you've been doing it, I'm curious how, so the demand from I don't, I, I'm going to say customers. I'm sure, I don't know if that's what you yeah, call it. So the demand from your customers are, has it changed over time? Like what people were the most interested then versus now, like you mentioned crypto, obviously that was very popular for a while. Is there still that interest? Basically, like what have you seen? How's, how things evolved? That's a great question. I mean, on a larger term scale, I think most people's, attention spans pretty short <laughs> so yes crypto was the hottest thing ever seven months ago and now that it's down 50 percent, nobody wants to talk about it anymore and they mm -hmm. want to do real estate well right. you know, we also offer real estate education also for free um we're just changing the game in general but we do want to have what's referred to as like a umbrella company called real life training and real life training is teaching people anything entrepreneurship real estate so when their attention does waver which is fine we want to have an all-encompassing education platform because i feel like education should be free mm -hmm. i feel like people should become educated on anything that they want totally for free 
and then understand, okay, do I want to do this as a profession? And if I do, you're going to have to spend some money on it. And that's fine. It's like a medical field. If you're going right. to be a doctor or an engineer or an architect, like it's going to take some time to figure that out. Mm -hmm. Do that for free. Cool. Okay. Now let's, let's throw some money behind this and really get the game started. Uh, so essentially for me, yeah, the big trends I've seen, it's whatever is really, really high is the most popular topic or whatever's really, really low is what everyone's afraid about. And there's a lot of stocks right now that are extremely, extremely low, big, big names, Netflix, mm -hmm. absolutely getting slaughtered. Facebook down 50%, PayPal down 70%, Square down 70%, Pinterest down 85%, Sam Adams, Boston Beer Company down 75%. I mean, this is one of the biggest resets that we've had in a long time. No one's talking about it and it can get a lot worse. And I think it will, but when it gets, near or close to a bottom, which is probably going to be 80, 85% sell off on all these big names. It'll be an opportunity or be a good opportunity to start buying in. That'll be amazing. That's what everyone will be afraid. And my goal is to really, really harp down on that education to teach people, Hey, this is, this is a good asset. Like let's start getting in to Apple, you know, Apple's down 45%. Like let, let's get into AMD advanced micro devices, even though it's down 60%, this is going to be some good opportunities. So that is human psychology. Uh, unfortunately, Megan, is people get most excited when things are at the highest right. and they get most afraid when things are at the lowest. And I just try to figure out a way to capitalize on that, not from a monetary standpoint, but from an education standpoint. Well, another part of human psychology, I think, is that, and it sort of goes hand in hand with what you're talking about. People see an opportunity to make money and they jump on it. But then if it's not working out, then you go to something else. And you kind of talked about that with people's attention span waning a little bit. So what do you see that very often? And is there anything that you caution people against? Because obviously, if you're jumping from one thing to the other within a short time period, you're probably not going to be successful mm -hmm. at any of those things. So um, is that something that you see a lot? And do you tell people, hey, stick with it for a certain amount of time or make sure you know what you want to do before you jump into it so that you're not jumping all over the place? hundred percent. I think there's very popular term out there 10,000 hours you know to be a master at something that's i can't argue with that at all however you can shorten the learning curve to really figure out is this for you or should you keep going two to three years i mean you got to focus on two to three years to be good at anything because you got to think about it trading it is a career but it's a profession that you can access from anywhere in the world just like video games i mean there's kids playing video games they're getting making hundreds of thousands of dollars a month. And I'm all for that. I am all for them pressing buttons and making money all for it. However, they didn't just wake up and like, Oh, okay, cool. I'm really good at this game now. No, like they, they probably played it for two, three years in their basement, you know, getting really good at it, putting in the time. And now they're, they're better than most people. And then they kept going. So I would say two, three year window. If you want to make really good money, Yes, spend that amount of time doing anything, real estate. I mean, heck, becoming a chef, right? Like if you're gonna if you're gonna be a Michelin star chef, you gotta spend at least two three years really going at it to you know, school, culinary degrees, different higher end restaurants, so on and so forth. I mean, yeah, you could probably be a bartender um, pretty quickly, but again, even a bartender to stand out from instead of making forty thousand a year, to making a hundred thousand a year as a bartender. You're going to spend two, three years, not only learning, but also perfecting your craft, mm -hmm. right? To being able to, you know, spin the bottles and mixologist mm -hmm. and, and learning how to conversate with people and having a beautiful appearance and knowing jokes. I mean, what bartender, you know, you gotta have good jokes if you're a bartender, <laughs> but 
But those are the things that that change you. So like if you're if you're an Uber driver, you've been driving Uber for three years. Fantastic. You're probably making a decent amount of money. But in that time frame, could you be elevating yourself, elevating your consciousness, your awareness, your conversation skills? Are you providing water bottles, phone chargers, and mints in your Uber? Like if you're not, you're not on top of your game. You are an average person. Get better. <laughs> so that's my answer. I mean, yeah, two, three years. We all love those Ubers that come fully stocked. <laughs> we do. Hey, if you're if you're an Uber driver and you're listening, stock your car. It's worth the money. I'll take I'll take you. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's awesome. So you mentioned real life training was something that you were interested in expanding your business. What are some of the other goals that you have for your business in terms of expansion, whether it's kind of in the same vein of what you're already doing, or maybe even something completely different? You ready for this? This is exciting. So we're going to offer global account trading opportunities for countries within two years. Uh, so for example, let's say we connect with the president of Honduras mm -hmm. and we say, uh, Mr. Juan Martinez, if you have, or whoever the president might be at the time, if you have a million high school students or college students or individuals who are interested in this program, we'll teach them for free or for a very small fee, a subsidized cost of some kind. We'll train them. We'll teach them. We'll get them ready. And then we'll fund their accounts for them. We'll give them the money to actually trade with. Here's how much they need to spend. And just come up with a, if you spend this amount per person, you can get access to all of this. I mean, imagine a million people in different countries learning how to use the internet to create income. And that could be revolutionary for them. All right. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're talking a hundred extra US dollars a month could be game changing. And using Starlink with faster internet, pairing all this together with education, with people that really, really care, you can do that. You can eliminate or at least put a huge dent into some of the travesties that affect developing nations just because they don't have a, they don't feel like they have a choice or an alternative. Honestly, my mind is blown by that. I did not expect anything. <laughs> that picture, that is really, really incredible. Thanks. Thank you. But yeah, that's really awesome. So, I mean, when you think about something big picture like that, do you think that that's going to be something that you said in the next two years is what you're hoping? Yeah, in the next two years. And then, I mean, with that process, I mean, the same the same replication would apply to the U.S. Obviously, I mean, there's individuals here that need just as much help. So partnering with our military, uh, partnering with our, our, our military partners and veterans and, and current and former military to provide them the exact same access because now if they can make money with their money and make knowledge and expand their wealth and expand their consciousness and their just general awareness about how money works, they now have the ability to travel, to go help, to be a force multiplier, to be a force for good. I work with a lot of organizations that specialize in working with just military, current and former, to help aid victims or to help natural disasters or man-made disasters like the mm -hmm. Ukrainians going on right now like getting uh, soldiers men and women who are trained and skilled to go in and just really make a massive change and a huge impact yeah what i love about that is you know i mentioned orion is a recruiting firm and so we help military veterans find jobs after leaving the service but at the end of the day the reality is that a lot of times not i shouldn't say a lot of times but some of the time 
there's a kind of discrepancy and a mismatch between what veterans want to make when they leave active duty and kind of the careers that are out there. And we do start working with service members usually up to like 18 months prior to their transition. But it's cool because what you're talking about is something that is always available. I mean, anybody in the military has internet. So it's like, you know, they're working with a recruiting firm, but then they could also be exploring their options through, you know, some of the stuff that you offer and thinking, how can I make more money for myself? So even if I do end up finding a career in the, you know, corporate America after I leave the military, you could also be having this side hustle too. Bingo. You nailed it. Nailed it. Because it's, I'm not saying this is all you have to do. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, and quote me on this every day, if you want to be financially rich, you must learn how money works. This is a money aspect. This is how to work money. It's one small piece of the puzzle, but it's a corner piece, right? It's one of the top, you know, one, one of the corner pieces that have all the corners, top left, top right, bottom left, bottom right. Like you need this piece of your puzzle to really, really be financially savvy and to have extreme wealth. You have to have the stock market, business and real estate. Those are the three main pillars. When you were talking about your plans for your, for the future and, you know, kind of these government programs that would help high school kids learn about money, the first thing that came to my mind is we always see these memes online about, um, you know, like how high school prepared you to know how to like wash your laundry or something, but not to pay bills. And there's always all this stuff about all the things you learn in school that end up being totally useless compared to things that you actually need to know to succeed. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. Um, and I did just I did just launch a book too a week and a half ago called A Stock Market Journey, How to Make Sure Kids Win at Life Every Day. Mm-hmm. So it's a kid's book for the stock market, which essentially doesn't really exist until now. Uh, like there was no real actual, hey kids, like, you know, age eight to 15. Right. This is how the stock market works, but make it good and cool. In story form, right? Nothing like blah, mm-hmm. blah like boring. And it's awesome. Uh, but that's a, that's a start. Like you just need people to pour in the time because there's no quote unquote demand for it. You know, like it's not like the book is flying off the shelves. I got to I gotta essentially push it down people's throats. But when they see it and they're like, oh, this is available. Oh, okay, cool. Now I'll go do it. Like they're not searching for it. But it's going to take people like you, like me, people who like Orion, people who are putting in that energy, effort, and time to really help current and, you know, current individuals and also the future by pouring into our minds. That's the only way to do it. Yeah. So you have told me about a lot of really cool things in your past of your business and what you've done up to this point. Is there anything that stands out to you as being like a pinch me moment? Yeah. um, A big pinch me moment was I had what I, at the time, would have referenced as like a celebrity reach out to me asking me for help. And I can say her name. Her name is Brittany Turner. She is a a hugely impactful philanthropist slash visionary slash real estate mogul. And she's my age. And I've known about her for a very long time. Uh, we finally, two years ago, I mean, almost to the day actually, two years ago, connected and became business partners, became really good friends. We ended up creating a podcast together. But that was a moment with her calling me on the phone and seeing her name. Like 
she's so well known that when she called me for the first time on my phone, my phone knew who she was. Like that was crazy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's weird. It was like it just yeah. you never called before. She like her name was popping up on my phone. I was like, mm-hmm. holy smokes, this is wild. That was a pinch me moment for sure, because uh, I I just did not know or I didn't envision that this could go to the levels of people who are who are actually legitimately changing the world. I didn't think I'd ever be on that level and to have her not only pull me up alongside of her, but to really have her propel me and push me and show me that everyone needs this information was incredible for me. Well, that's actually a very good segue because I was going to ask you about your podcast because I'm sitting here looking at you. You have your big fancy microphone. So obviously, (laughs) obviously you're well equipped for your own podcast. So can you tell me a little bit more about it? What it's some of the topics that you cover and anything that you would recommend for someone who's like a new consumer of the podcast to get started. You're so funny. Um, you're the coolest. I, I do. I, me and, it's me and Brittany, actually. So it's her. Me and her, we have a podcast called Broke to Woke. And full disclosure, we did create that name before the word created such a visceralness. But mm-hmm. either way, we thought it rhymed and it was funny. But uh, broke to woke.com and start at episode one, season one. They're 20 minutes you can crush a whole season on a, on a drive. Um, what we do is we walk people through our, ter- our terrifically awful first 25 years of our life. And then our really, really difficult 25 to 30 years of our life and, and teach people how to overcome the same challenges that we overcame, how to not have those challenges and how to use our ceiling as their floor. Right, how to really use uh, someone who is open, who is transparent. Yes, we're multimillionaires. We have money that that's irrelevant. We want to show people, hey, listen, even though we've had money, these are all the mistakes that we've made. This is what money is for. This is what wealth is for. And this is how you can become a true force for good on this planet. Have a vision, have clarity, have purpose, make an insane impact. That's what the podcast is about, is to show people precisely and give tactical tips on how to do that. Awesome. So you mentioned doing tons of research on your own before you kind of got to where you are now. Um, Are any of those resources still out there? And are there any that you would recommend for people who are listening to this and want to learn more about trading, personal finance, business ownership, anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So my, my suggestion is start with the free content on my website. And as you're going through that, I will share tons of previous resources that I went through. Really, it's just a bunch of old stock market books. Um, Most of the seminars and webinars, unfortunately, that I went to, most of those companies don't exist anymore. That -hmm. was the negative thing because a lot of of stock market people are quite shady. Um, You honestly, once a year, you'll have a huge firm that's been around forever that comes out, big SEC lawsuit, Federal Trade Commission shuts them down, fines them $100 million and they're gone. Because a lot of them are people just trying to steal money from the hopes and dreams of people who are working hard for it. That's why I give away for free. I'm like, hey, don't trust me. All right, watch this stuff. Uh, <laughs> you can listen to me if you want, but this is free. So don't worry about it. Uh, you won't have to worry about the money. I think the book aspect, I mean, so many good ones. Um, Trading in the Zone by Mark Douglas. Great book. Anything by Tony Robbins. Is fantastic. Warren Buffett, he's the goat, right? Great, greatest of all time. The Intelligent Investor by Ben Graham. Anything by Jesse Livermore. Anything by Brian Shannon, uh, who created uh, AlphaTrends.net. Um, I'm just looking over here. 
How to Beat Wall Street. I mean, that's a classic. It's over there on my bookshelf. There's a lot of great ones, but just read those nice, easy to fall asleep on (laughs) (laughs) Uh, books about the stock market and just see if you're intrigued by it. And uh, like I said, just kind of pop through all of my content while you're doing that and uh, just enjoy. I'm looking forward to checking it out too. I mean, I just know that based on this conversation that we've just had, you're so approachable and I I assume you're just a good person to learn from. You're not someone who is going to put us to sleep. That's, that's my goal. That's so cool. So what about for anyone who's listening that wants to start their own business or let's scratch that, maybe not start their own business, but they just want to make more money or gain financial freedom. Maybe they want to break some of the patterns that they've seen in their family before. And so they have that desire, but they don't know where to start. What would be your recommendation? for Number one recommendation. If you fit that criteria, buy books with the word money in the title or something that relates to money. That's how I did it. And if you do that, I guarantee you, I mean, that's a guarantee with a G, you will make more money if you start reading books with the word money in the title, because you're going to attract what you know, and you're going to change your beliefs. Examples, Richest Man in Babylon, great book. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, fantastic book. You Are a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero, absolutely changed my world. Money Grows on Trees, great book. Uh, Money and the Meaning of Life by Jacob Needleman, great book. Uh, the Intelligent Investor by Justin Donald, fantastic book. Killing Sacred Cows, which is, doesn't have the word money in the title, but it is a money book um, by Garrett Gunderson. Great book. Uh, money Master of the Game by Tony Robbins, fantastic book. Um, if it has the word money in the title, go get it, read it, study it, uh, read it cover to cover. If you do those six that I mentioned, your life will change forever. So what about for you, if someone is listening to this and they think, wow, Jeremy's a really cool guy. I want to learn more about him. See what he offers. <laughs> How would you recommend people do that? I know you mentioned you're on YouTube, but would you just recommend them going to your website for a more comprehensive list of the resources? Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, I have, the, you know, jeremynewson.com. You can go there for sure. Reallifetrading.com is my stock education platform and website. I'm pretty active on other uh, other channels, although I don't spend tons of time on there. Um, Instagram, Facebook. I mean, I'm like you said, I'm Googleable. I guess if that's the term. Uh, so if people <laughs> want to track me down, re- just reach out to me. I, I am. I, I will reply back. I mean, I have a team that helps me, but they'll go through my emails, and if it's personal to me, like, hey, Jeremy, X, Y, Z, can you help me with something? I'm going to answer that email, or that text message, or that mm-hmm. Instagram post, or whatever. So I'm. I'm really on a mission to inspire and to enrich lives. That's what I'm here for. Well, I think you're succeeding. You've inspired me over the past 45 yeah. minutes. I've been talking. Yeah. You're the coolest. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, Jeremy, thank you so much for joining us. And hopefully we can have you back soon. This has been a great conversation. Look forward to it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud so that you never miss an episode. We'd love to hear from you. So if you have any feedback, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Our goal is to help all military job seekers through their transition and beyond. So make sure you share our show with your friends. See you next time.